Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Oh, you're not sure if it fits, right? <laughs> Y'all, I'm tired. I'm tired. Thank you. Thank you, Narva. I love y'all. And I know we have a lot of folks watching the live stream today with the Thanksgiving break. And uh, when I saw that video, it made me think about the plate that I'm going to fix on Thursday. And praying for the spirit of low carb to intervene. And oh my goodness, it's going to turn those mashed potatoes into mashed cauliflower. Woo! It's going to be a miracle. I'm only joking a little bit. But yeah, like I said, I'm tired. It has been a long, hard road. And when I decided how I wanted to dress today, a dress, not dress, I knew I was going to wear my new flannel, but how I wanted to dress today, I wanted to focus on this idea about relaxing in God's grace. Relaxing in God's grace. Now, one of the reasons I did honestly select that video being comic, Christian comedy and things, is because one of the things that I tend to do when I get tired and I get stressed is I tend to eat, like a lot. And I don't make the best choices. Can anybody uh, relate? And I'll tell you, over the last, uh, I'd say, six or eight weeks, you know, I've probably put on a, a couple of the pounds that I uh, lost over the last couple years uh, just because when I would go to relax, I would try to find comfort in goodies and things like that. And in reality, I found it incredibly hard to relax. Because in all honesty, when we're thinking about trying to find comfort in soothing spirit and stuff like Cheetos and Dr. Pepper or whatever it may be that fill in your blank, fill in your gap, uh, those things don't provide the comfort and the relaxation that we need. Throughout the scripture, particularly in the Gospels, we see messages about how Jesus is teaching and telling us that we need to make sure that we are taking care of our spiritual health and energy, just like we do with our mental and our physical energy. Jesus himself established rhythms where he would spend time daily with God to make sure his spirit and his soul was charged. Weekly, we would see him observing the Sabbath, and then regularly, he would take extended time away. And that's the type of rhythm I think every single one of us needs to adapt and to adopt. In our own lives, we need that time daily to absorb God's spirit through the word, through worship music. Speaking of worship music, has the band sounded better than in that last song? Wow. Um, that was amazing. It was amazing. But we need that daily time. We also need that weekly time to do just what we are doing right now, to come and to gather together. And we need those regular moments. Well, when we maybe take a vacation or we take a study break, time to just be away in God's creation. 
to learn to love and to live and to feel how God is present with us outside of our normal rhythms and routines, outside of our normal environments, because we need to remember that God is everywhere and in everything. So our preview verse, so to speak, this morning comes from Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. And this is, these are words of Jesus being spoken to the disciples. And I want you to take note of some of those action words here, particularly the word giving and God's giving, because it brings us into a really beautiful place to focus here on this Sunday before Thanksgiving. Jesus said, what I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Those are some pretty powerful and potent words from Jesus, aren't they? About how we need to be less occupied with getting and more occupied with giving, but also really realizing that God is constantly giving us himself, his love, his grace, and his mercy. He doesn't want us to fret or to fuss over things of this earth. And some of the things of this earth are awfully big and awfully important, and they can be existential as well. But through it all, since Jesus says God wants us to give us his kingdom, what we can come to know beyond the shadow of a doubt is God's kingdom is all-encompassing. So if you are worried about things of the earth, look at them through the light of eternity. Yes, they may be important. They may be major. But God wants us to always keep them in the proper and appropriate perspective that it happens within his presence and his power and, yes, even his provision. So what we want to try to learn to do today is to find out how to relax in God's grace. And so we have a, an acrostic for this, to relax in God's grace. How do you learn to relax in God's grace? Well, I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm going to practice it this week. And I hope that you have an opportunity to practice it as well. The R in our relaxed acrostic stands for realize nobody is perfect. I probably could just stop there and say, thank you, Captain Obvious, or Reverend Obvious, as it were. But remember and realize that nobody is perfect. How do you hear that on this Sunday before Thanksgiving? How do you hear that message that you need to realize that nobody is perfect? Is it a shock? No, of course not. But is it a shock sometimes, at least to the senses, when we expect perfection from other people? We expect perfection from the institutions to which we live and give ourselves. We expect perfection sometimes. There's that old saying that oftentimes we are guilty of Judging ourselves based on our best intentions and others based on their worst actions. And there is conviction in that because we have to realize that nobody is perfect. And so the grace that we are looking to receive here 
is coming from God's perfection of grace, God's perfection of mercy, God's perfection of love that showers us in the midst of all of our imperfections. Psalm 119 verse 96 says, Nothing is perfect except for your words. Nothing is perfect except for your words. Now, of course, the Psalms are in the Old Testament. That was before Jesus began his earthly ministry. And shortly thereafter, as Jesus did begin his earthly ministry, we read in the Gospel of John that Jesus is the Word incarnate, the Word made flesh. And so the perfection of God's Word came to live and to dwell among us and within us. One of the beautiful things about God's Word is when you ingest it and you digest it, what you are actually doing is putting the power of God's eternal, heavenly, and Holy Spirit inside your life so that you can constantly meditate on it or chew on it if you've read Papa and Read My Devotion for this morning. It's all about ingesting these words of God. Yet, yet, the contradiction, so to speak, comes when Jesus is offering his Sermon on the Mount and it says, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus is calling us to a standard that we cannot achieve on our own, that we cannot achieve without his help. Now, as I've tried to explain in the past, when we talk about perfection from a Christian standpoint, it's not saying as though you will never make a mistake when you're adding numbers in your head, stubbing your toe in the middle of the night or something like that, or even maybe having an impure thought or uh, having an argument with your spouse or your boss or someone else like that. That's not what Christian perfection is about. It's about a purity of motive and intention to say, I want to do the best thing for you. And if in my misplaced understanding I make a mistake, then what I commit to do is to get it right to seek reconciliation through the mistakes. That's the type of perfection that Jesus wants us to do. And we can't do that on our own. We need the power of God's Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us, nourishing us. So we've got to realize that nobody is perfect, but that comes with a call and a challenge that we are to strive for perfection. Jesus wouldn't have asked us to do it if it wasn't possible, but it only comes when we are ingesting and living in the Spirit of God. And so once we are ingesting and living in it, God wants you to enjoy it. That is the E in our relax acrostic. God wants you to enjoy his unconditional love. He wants you to enjoy it. Now, I hope that you can enjoy it. I hope that you do enjoy it. Because what we see here is this perfection that comes to us in love talks about relationship. God has this intimate desire to be in a relationship with you. We talked about it a little bit last week. Abba, Father, or the Aramaic for Daddy. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, we read these words. See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us. For He allows us to be called His children. Think of it. And we really are. God wants you to know that you are his child. But we can muddy this whole idea of perfection from the Christian point of view, lest I be mistaken. All too often we feel like we have to get ourselves right and be perfected before we can come to God. That's kind of like brushing your teeth before going to the dentist. Or as I have done before, bathing my nasty dog before taking her to the groomer. Right? I just don't want to be embarrassed by what a bad job I've done. Keeping this little dog out of the mud. And that's the little dog, of course, not the big one. 
we struggle with this whole idea of perfection. What Jesus wants us to know is that we're not expected to clean our life up before we go to him. What he's doing is he wants to come and as we are ingesting and digesting his word, he wants to help us see the purity of that love and that relationship that strives us and calls us and pushes us and sometimes pulls us closer. And this is that unconditional love that God has for you. I hope and pray that you can enjoy God's unconditional love this week. Is something happening? I, I, I mean, seriously, those times, you know, close the counter. The L in our relaxed acrostic talks about like, let God handle things. To let God handle things. Diana quoted the last couple of weeks Mother Teresa. Work like it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. The whole idea of letting go and letting God is a cliche. There's some truth behind it. But if we look at that as though we're just not going to apply ourselves or to work for what God is calling us to do, then we are completely missing the boat. Actually, what God is asking us to do is to see where he is at work and then join him in it. With our call to be more like Jesus, to be perfected in his love, and to enjoy that love that allows us to engage in things even if we are not yet perfect. Even if we still make mistakes. We do not know how many books are in the Bible or K's are in Habakkuk. We are able to let God handle things. Even the uncontrollable things in life. Oh yeah, I said it. The uncontrollable things in life. Like things that we see in the news. War overseas, civil unrest at home, financial uncertainty, health issues, family issues, faith issues, to let God handle those. One of the things Gwen and I talked about yesterday, we were riding back and forth to Athens, was this whole nature and understanding of struggle. We don't like the idea of struggle, do we? But struggle is actually necessary. When God changed the name of Jacob to Israel, it means, for I have struggled with God. Did you know that God invites you into a struggle with your faith? Into a struggle with things that are happening in the world? He wants you to struggle. Yes, he wants you to accept it with faith. But it is okay to say, God, I don't understand this. I don't like this. I don't want this. But I trust you. I'm going to let you handle it. I'm going to make myself available. I'm going to be present. I'm going to go there. I'm going to speak to that person. I'm going to give that money to the church. I'm going to help in this mission. I'm going to help in that ministry. I'm going to do these things because I want you to handle things. But I want to make myself available and put myself there in the midst of all of the things that cause me angst and maybe some sadness in the world. I'm going to trust you, God. We get this idea from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where it says, Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Think about being a kid. My grandmother lived on a lake, Lake Blackshear down in South Georgia, just outside Cordial. And it was there that I learned how to, to cast my Zebco 303 rod and reel. And it took me some time. My brother still would not let me touch his baitcaster rods, but hey, he's pretty smart to do that. But you know, it takes a little bit of rhythm to be able to know when to depress the button and release the button in the right flick of the wrist motion in order to get the cast to go as far as you want. 
there's some wisdom in that in terms of how we deal with the things that produce anxiety in our lives. There are times I got to know when to, as I, I'm showing my age here, right? I would like to refer to it as Kenny Rogers theology. There are times you got to know when to hold it, know when to fold it, know when to walk away, and know when to run, right? So there are times you got to know how this rhythm works, when it's time to press the button, when it's time to flick the wrist, when it's time to let it go. But all of it is about letting it go within the right timing and the right rhythm and the right motion of how God is calling and asking and commanding us to live. And it says, cast some of your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Oh, did I misread that? Cast most of your anxiety on God because I want to hold on to this little bit over here. No. Tammy said it, cast all your anxiety on God. So how do you do that? Prayer. Simple. But you take the things that cause you anxiety and turn those into prayer requests. God, I'm afraid I don't have enough money, but I know you are the God of more than enough. God, I know that a loved one has a serious disease, but you were the great physician. God, I know that the Braves have let go a lot of really good players that I liked. <laughs> but I know you have a plan. <laughs> Cast it all. The rhythm, the motion, the movement, to know when to hold them. And this brings us to the A. To know when to fold them. Act in faith, not fear. Psychologists have determined, or neurologists probably more accurately, that we process fear and faith in the same part of the brain. Did you know that? I've talked about that before, but we process fear and faith in the same part of the brain, which means you ultimately get to choose how you are going to act or react to a certain situation or a certain stimulus. We need to act in faith, not fear. And that says, Lord God, I know that you are real. I know that your way is accurate and right, and I am going to act according to that. And I recognize that there may be some things that I fear on the other side of it, things that I've been comfortable with, that I've given my life to in the past, that are calling me to move forward and to move on. But I'm going to do so because of my faith in you, not fear of what I lose or what I leave behind. Friends, we all have to act in faith and not fear. I'll tell you, as a moment of personal privilege, the leadership in this church has acted with faith and not fear. That's not that it hasn't been fear. But we've acted in faith because of God's grace that he showers over us, how he hymns us in, holds us close, and protects us in the midst of all the uncertainties and things that can cause anxiety in our lives. And then we recognize that this call to perfection comes because of how God's love is enveloping us and holding us close. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. We read these words, God's grace has saved you because of your faith in Christ. Your salvation does not come from anything you do. It is God's gift that, my friends, hopefully should help you relax right here and right now when you want to think about what is it that I've got to do today in order to earn God's favor so that I can go to heaven. Hmm. There's nothing you do to earn it. 
It's given to you because of how much God loves you. That intimacy in which he's calling you into that relationship. He's trying to give you the perfect love that casts out all the fear of the punishment for getting it wrong and asking you to accept his offer and his invitation to reconciliation so that you can remember that nobody's perfect even though we're striving to call for it. But we are asked to live and to bathe our lives in the love and the grace of God. And so this brings us full circle, if you will, about the struggle with perfectionism. And this is our X and relax. Exchange your perfectionism for God's grace. Now, I'm not contradicting what Mark said 20 minutes ago. It's your sense of perfectionism. Because our sense of perfectionism is oftentimes incomplete. If not, dare I say, almost always incomplete. Is there anyone in here who deals with a perfectionist streak that can sometimes be debilitating or crippling? Yeah. I see a couple hands. Y'all, this is one of, if not one of the primary proverbial thorns in the flesh. As the Apostle Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that thorn in the flesh. God, take it away from me. And God's like, my grace is sufficient for you. I need you to struggle with this a little bit longer because this struggle is actually helping you to realize that your salvation comes not through your ability to do things or to undo things, but to rest in God's grace. It's a beautiful gift, sometimes struggle, when we take it for what God really truly intends and designs for it to be in our lives. And so where I struggle with perfectionism, and this, I mean, I'm just, I'm laying it all bare out there, is that there are times when I would rather not try than fail while trying my best. There are times I would rather not try than to try my best and fail anyway. That is something that I pray and I confess and I ask God to help with me or help me with. And there are other times when if I have to try, I might be somewhat haphazard. That way I could say, well, you know, I didn't, I did, I did my best. We've got to exchange this sense of perfectionism for God's peace. Because as we bring it back full circle, what it really is all about is to put our intention and our motive and our purpose first and foremost to love God and to love others. And when we make a mistake, which we invariably will, to live into that ministry and that spirit of reconciliation that Jesus came and he brought to you and to me, that we can share that with the world. That is the power and the beauty of Christian perfection, is to do our best. And even when we make a mess with our best, to say, oh, wow, that I foul that up. Let's make it right together. But this requires us to be in that grace of God. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, reading from the message version, Jesus asks these questions and then offers an invitation. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
Friends, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm even burned out on religion. But it's not about religion. It's about relationship. So hear that invitation where Jesus says, come away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest as you learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We've got to live into these unforced rhythms of grace. Daily, weekly, regularly, so we can recover our soul to learn how to relax in the love and the grace of God that is so perfect. He wants to shower you and envelop you with that love and that grace. And to realize, no, you are not perfect. He wants you to learn what perfection really is. So realize you're not perfect. And in realizing that, enjoy that unconditional love that meets us even in our failures and our foul-ups. And says, hey, let's work to get this right together. Let God handle things. That doesn't mean you can quit applying yourself or working hard. But what it does say is realize that it is God's power and God's kingdom that should be your perspective and your viewpoint. And everything else needs to fall into place. And so when you realize that, act in faith. Don't be afraid of the things that you fear you may leave or lose. But the things that you can lean into and leap forward because of the love and the grace of God. And exchange your misplaced understanding of what it means to be perfect. Till you bring it back to the perfection of God's love. It's a perfect love. It casts out all fear. And it says, bask yourself in the glory of who God is and what he's done for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may it be so in our lives this day. As the band comes forward to close out our service, I want to invite you to a time of relaxation here at the altar if you need some. If you need to come and spend some time with the Lord here or maybe in your chair, that's perfectly fine too. But this is a time, a space, and a place for you to bask in the power of God's love and mercy and grace. And as we get ready for our Thanksgiving holiday this week, we're going to talk about gratitude next Sunday, but as we get ready for our Thanksgiving holiday this week, may it truly be a time where we can let go of some of our thoughts and needs of perfection to allow the love and the grace of God to meet us where we are, to transform us, and then to really truly enjoy what it is that we are doing, to relax in God's grace, and then live differently as a result. Amen? pray with me. Almighty God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for how it reflects your love in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of so many others through this community and across creation. It's easy when we go, go, go all the time to get tired, worn out, and even burned out. But Lord God, that's not your plan for us. And so you offer us an invitation to come and to get away with you. We look forward to an opportunity to rest some, Lord God, to relax. And in so doing, 
to find those unforced rhythms of grace where we keep trying to force that which we cannot move forgive us we feel anxiety about the things that are outside of our control soothe us and when we wonder what happens next may we in faith know who it is that holds tomorrow so Lord God I pray for us here for those who are worshiping with us online or maybe experience this message throughout the week to relax in your grace that loves us, covers us, comforts us, cleanses us, and challenges us to go do the same for others. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.